talking about who we are and what we do as a church. And for some of us, that will help us to know whether next week we are back here or not. It's a good thing. In Hebrews chapter 2, the Bible says, therefore we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard. Lest we drift apart. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Chapter 4 of the same book of Hebrews says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. The Bible says there was a point when in ancient time Israel heard the promises of God. God gave them a vision of coming out of Egypt into Canaan. And you see, the vision was such that everyone's inheritance depended on them getting to Canaan. So if you were an Egyptian, you were not part of that vision. So the Egyptians stayed in Egypt. But on the way, people had other options about remember. God had inheritance for every individual in that congregation. But on the way, people had different visions to what God has for them. God does not have a problem with that. Because he's God. Nothing we do will make him fall off the throne. So people had three more options. Remember, there's only one option for them, according to God. Go from Egypt to Canaan. So based on what was in their hearts, option number one, return to Egypt. Remember. Option number two. Take a different route. Cora and the other guy says, No, we will, we will find other We will lead you, Moses, 
They said this guy Moses we don't know where he is. Kora le ba bamba re a re tla tsatse la ifarologane monna moshe ga re sa isurwile gae. Option number 3. Kgetho boraro. Die in the wilderness. Ba sole mo se ka keng. God mudim did not allow them the first two. But he allowed them the last one. Die in there. So whatever we hear, as vision, every part of the body has its own function. It helps you to decide whether you are part of this particular body or another part of the body. And I hope you can understand there's nothing wrong when a finger finds itself on the knee and figures, eh? I'm yes. on the knee, I'm supposed to be on the hand. Do you realize yes. that? But it would be wrong for the finger to stay on the knee. So it would be wrong for you to stay in this church or any other church for that matter when God has needed has not needed you with the vision of that church there are two disqualifications that we need to avoid when we stand before Jesus number one Santa the character and the knowledge of Christ within us. In other words, do you know Christ? Does he know you? And so, Jesus says in Matthew 7, 21-27, to not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And by your name cast out demons. And by your name do mighty works. And I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity or workers of wickedness. So he gives them a disqualifying identity. He says, I don't know you. Can, can you imagine? They are under the, the illusion that he knows them. He says, no, no, no. But then he tells them why. He says your identity is iniquity. You are workers of iniquity. You've been doing things in my name but away from my character. You and I don't, don't identify. And so he says, if you hear my words, you are like a person who builds his house on the rock. If you do them, your house will be hit by storms and winds, but it will stand. 
But if you hear them, you don't mix them with faith and you don't do them, your house will be hit by storms and it will be it will fall. And great shall be its fall. As we read the newspapers, Pastor this and this and this. Christian this and this and this. What have they been doing all this time? I don't know you. Number two. One of the things that we will stand and fail about it's failed works when you read in 1st Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 11 to 15 Paul says there is no other foundation that can be laid except that which is already laid which is Christ Jesus the same rock upon which you must build your life then he says, anyone therefore who builds on this foundation with gold, with precious stones, with wood, with hay, with straw let them be careful how they build because their works will be tested by fire and if their work was based on the will of God they will withstand the fire but if not they will burn into chaffs and they themselves will escape only as one coming from the fire so which means when I come before Jesus I should not be roaming around on earth thinking about my crown without thinking about my identity with Jesus don't. You are doing yourself a disservice. And if you are that kind, the Bible says you will be cast out till so I know I don't know you. Go. If you are the second kind, you will be working very hard, but Christ will say, I have nothing to give you for you have you did nothing for me. But you were busy. It is therefore detrimental to be happy about doing something without knowing whether it's God's will or not. Question. Is it God's will for you to be part of this church? Make to think about it. That applies to that question and every other thing that you are doing. Is it God's will in the relationship you are in? It is God's will to be doing the things that you are doing. Remember, it will be detrimental if it is not. Most people are unfortunately not interested in what, are rather more interested in what we do as the vision. Not what they are becoming in the process. When they want to know what's the vision of the church, they are interested in what are you guys doing? But they are aware of what Jesus says to the Pharisees in Matthew 23:15. Jesus says, Woe unto you, Pharisees and scribes. You travel the land and the sea to make a 
convert. And when you have succeeded, you make him twice as much the child, the son of hell as you are. I don't think you understand. These guys have a vision. And they want other people to be part of that vision. And so they come, they collect them. Now these people are interested. Hey, hey, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? They are not thinking, what am I becoming in what are we doing? What are these leaders turning me into? And he says, those converts are turned into twice as much the sons of hell than the Pharisees. Question, do you know what are we making you? Are you just like, hey, we have a life group. We have this. You don't know what are we trying to achieve. What if we are turning you into something you don't want to be? I see, I'm, I'm encouraging you so that yeah, no, week, you can make a decision right now. I'm not going back there. Vision, therefore, is our ability to see the future in the light of the present. And the present in the light of the future. It's when insight of the present gives us foresight of the future. Which means what we see in the future determines what we do in the now. If I see myself as a powerful, big business person or what, I start working out now. In the same manner, what we do in the now determines what we become and do in the future. Other people went to school and they were asked, what do you want to be? None of them said, I want to be a hobo or a homeless person. But you see, that's the problem. What do you want to be? Doctor. I want to be a white man. No problem. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> okay, the other part you can't work on. But if you want to be, okay, you get it. They did not get it. <laughs> if you want to be a doctor, you have to start working on that. So the vision of the church in however many statements we can put it. Can I be upfront and say, no pastor has a vision for the church. Because no pastor has a church. Jesus is the one who has the church. And Jesus is the one with the vision for the church. And so whatever we keep vision statement, no problem. I'm not saying don't write it. I'm saying it must remain the intention of God about the church. Matthew 18, Jesus says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. So, our vision must therefore contain what characteristics are we becoming. 
And what are we doing in the process? So two aspects that we need to answer as a church. One is that in character. What's God's vision about the church? Romans 8.29 says. For those that he he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. That he may be the firstborn amongst many brothers. John 3:30. John says, when they ask him, Are you the Christ? John He's baptized. No, 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 no. Let him increase as I decrease. Galatians 2.20 Paul says no. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live I live by faith in the Son of God who died, who gave himself for me. So when you are not becoming like Christ in whatever we are doing be informed today you are not in God's vision for the church find another church that will help you become more and more like Jesus unless if you have no intention of becoming like him then go to the streets because the church has a vision Jesus wants to make disciples. Hello? So that's the first part. What are we becoming in our character? In our mission, Matthew 28 tells us from verse 18 to 20. Go, Jesus says, all authority has been given unto me. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That's our mandate. Peter tells us that no, 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 no. God is not slow as most people think he's slow. God wants people to be saved. He says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 2. He says, no, first of all, let all prayers and petitions be made for all in authority and so on and so forth. Verse 3 says, for this is pleasing to God who wants all men to be saved. So our mandate is to tell people about God, about Jesus. Is that still clear? Ephesians 3.10 tells us God's intention is that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God may be known to the authorities and rulers. So when Christians are oppressed by demonic forces and powers that's not the vision of God about us. He writes to Timothy. In, in 1 Timothy 3.15 he says, I write you these things so that when I am delayed you may know how people ought to conduct themselves in the church which is the house of God. He says, which is the foundation and the pillar of truth. So a church has to be a community of powerful, truthful people. So even in the church, we have defeated people, gossips, 
Hey, what what politics church politics if you have this phrase church politics what is church politics doesn't that tell you that the church is already defeated then that's not the vision of god for the church are we still together so in all that we are doing and becoming we must always want what God wants and for the same reasons he wants it why does God do anything God says for my glory and so people have many suggestions let us do this okay no problem why Why? You see, you are not God. I'm not God. You and I are brought here by the spirit of regeneration, the spirit of God. We cannot do what God does not want to be done. And when we do it, we must do it for the reasons he wants it to be done. His His glory. Not a... You know our church is pumping. Does God want you to do the things you are doing because he wants you to pump? (laughs) I'm just I'm saying let's reflect as a church. Lest we stand there and there's no reward for pumping. (laughs) There's only reward for Furthermore, vision is the direction in which our faith is activated. When we see what God sees, then our faith must be directed in that direction. But remember, faith without works is dead. And therefore, what we do is what shows where our faith is. So, our practical ministry, what we bear fruit in, that's our vision. what we say. You are aware that the early church never wrote a, a vision down. They didn't sit down with Paul and Peter and whoever and say, yeah, this is our vision statement. And nobody came to them and asked them, what is your vision? Their vision was who they were and what they bared fruit in. They lived it out as recorded in scripture. And anyone who came to know them, the Bible says in Acts chapter 11, after Peter, uh, rather Paul and Barabbas have been teaching the church, Barnabas it was in Antioch where the disciples were first called Christians. Why were they called Christians? There must have been out of them exuding the life that warrants that nickname Christ. Are you still okay? So there's no point for us going around how that's a form when we fill in the form Christian just write Ada that way you are safe nobody will fight you 
Is that okay? So what are we going to give ourselves to as an expression of what our vision is? Four areas of ministry that will tell you this is what our vision is. You know our vision, we've written it down again. You know those twin banners that we have? People don't know them. We must put them again. Yeah, but you see, those things are written. They are not what you and I are and are doing. So we must start go back to the drawing board and say, should I write stuff before I do it? Because it's already written. There's no point transcribing from the Bible to your own paper when you are not doing it written in the Bible. What makes you think when you transcribe it, you'll do it? Because it's already written. Ministries, four areas of ministry which are going to be key. So if you suggest anything outside what I'm saying now, it's secondary. secondary. It may get done when Jesus has come. Are you still okay? So number one priority for us as a church is ministry to God. Worship. When creation says you are God, you are high above all things. The Bible says, John 4, 23 to 24, the Father seeks, the Father is looking for is it God is looking for certain type of things top of the list worshippers so the reason some of you think I'm hard on our worship team let me tell you why it's because as I told you before Tongues and interpretations and gifts of the Spirit will pass. Prayers will cease. Preachings will stop. But worship is from everlasting to everlasting. And it is the highest service we can give to God. Now you, you need to understand when people stand here to lead us Friends, can I be honest with you? Don't worry, the worship team knows. I told them, or I'll be telling you these things when I start teaching on it. Based on what I know they can do, ask him, he was there. What they are doing here at church is a circus. Ask him, what happened the night I left them there? Worship. Words of prophecies. People that, these guys, have you ever seen them prophesy? But the spirit of prophecy, word of knowledge. Not wanting to sleep. Ask them. And I told them, when I have taught the church about what true worship is, we will not just have anybody here anymore. We will not have anyone that you look at and say, hey, hey, the pastor does not know. I don't have to know. I wish I, all I can know is that Holy Spirit filled Jesus lifting up. That's, That's what, what I want, want to know. So, 
If we don't get there, no problem. Let's remove everyone here. And let's all Mahu will lead that day. He'll just stand here and say, Saints, let's just worship God. You will worship the God you know. It's fair. Because think about it. Anyone that stands and preaches, you expect them to be at a certain level. Why should we expect less of all the workers in the church? More so, why should we expect less of you? Why should there be different standards? Ministry to the church. This is what will be received by all of us. Number one, the word of God. We need to be filled with the word of God. We need to be encouraged by the word of God. We need to hear it and live it out. And therefore we need to check how much of the way do we invest in the people that are part of the church? Question. Do you have a word for the situation you are facing now? If you are a child of God, if you are a son of God, turn these stones into food. It is written. Men shall not live by bread alone. But every way that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. The devil went as far as quoting Samson. No. Throw yourself down. It is written. How's that? Wait for wait. I told you, the devil quotes the written. Jesus speaks the living. There's a difference. He's a life-giving spirit. In your case, what way do you have? What have you invested in you? So how are you doing? It's deep, it's deep. Okay. I don't know. God help us. Ministry of discipleship, raising others. Pastoral and communal care. How long shall people be part of us and still feel very lonely and unloved? Look, let's be honest. This eldership cannot talk to everyone who's here today. Are you aware of that? Why doesn't it occur to you as a community of believers to go and talk to people you don't know? Why is it so important to you to receive love and never give? Because everyone comes to church with a need. And some of the needs cannot be met on the pulpit. Why is it so important that you hear the word of God but you don't want to be loving as Christ does? How many people you meet in this church? I'm Ruth, I've been coming for the last five months. Has anyone ever spoken to you? No. Santa Maria. 
What can I do? I can't apologize. But at the same time, I can't be proud. I can only say, trust in the Lord. Cast is the man who relies on other men and makes the flesh his strength, but blessings. Because when you are not working in love, Prayer and fellowship. These are the things we need to all receive and partake of. Ministry to the world. Evangelism. Go and make disciples. Now here's a question I need to ask. Which I asked in the morning. And the answer was beautiful. The heart of God is that people must be saved. Therefore, the vision of God about the church is the very same thing at 10. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good, setting free those that were oppressed by the devil for the Lord was with Question. I want you to see how many of you that are here today got born again in this church and were won, were evangelized by members of this church? Can you please stand up? Can you please stand up? I want you to watch. Amen. Amen. Great failure in this service. First service failed, but at least they had 4%. So where do all of you come from? Simple. Cross-pollination. You come from one church. You came to this one. If you leave this one, you'll go to, living is not a problem. The problem is the fact that how can churches exist without a heart for the lost? How is it possible that here we are sitting here today and everyone that is in this place came by their own volition? Another one was passing and thought, I saw it is too far. Today I'm going to this church here. Translocal ministry. Helping in the body of Christ. The note are So when I jump, you have read. So working with different churches helping. That one we are doing well. But we can do more. Four areas of what we, where we want to get involved. They, they will unpack it for you more and more in life groups and wherever in all other areas. But here's the question. What kind of a person are we trying to produce? Uh, 
What is a typical Cosmo City Church member that we are trusting God for? The Pharisees produces twice as much the child of devil than them. So as you listen to this part, make a consideration do I want to be part of this church or not because for us that's the direction we are taking now. in this new phase if you are going with us and you are agreeing that's the direction you are going to be but like I said there's an option to go back to Egypt. There's an option to take a detour. Whoever you want. Go with Korah. There's an option to die in the wilderness. Better still. There's an option to remove a finger from the knee and take it back to the hand. So what are we trying to produce out of you? Number one, a worshiper. One who has resolved to approach and walk with reverential fear in spirit and in truth before God. Who wants to fear God and give to God what is due to God. In all situations. Number two, a disciple. One who considers the Lordship and the word of Jesus Christ as the final authority in all matters of life. And has one life only to the glory of God. The crisis that we deal with as pastors is that you deal with people who don't want to be disciples. They want to have too many lives. And they always want us to pick the pieces. But listen, Christ said, make disciples, teach them to observe what I've commanded you. Are we still nice in church? Uh, you realize that if you want to have one life, I have to talk about fat and set. I have to talk about cohabitation. That cohabitation is sinful. Sleeping around is sinful. Mistreating your spouse is sinful. Disrespecting your parents is sinful. Being greedy is sinful. Bribery is sinful. I have to talk about those things. So if you come and tell me, hey pastor, you know I bribed someone. Listen, you are not the Bible. Because you told me does not mean I cannot stand on the pulpit and talk about bribe is sin. Listen, it was sin in the Bible before you did it. So we had to preach it before you did it. Even after you did it, it's still sin. We still have to so don't say, how does he know my... You told him. You, no, he, we have other important things to talk about. But why would I waste the, the time of all these people to talk about you? And Lehona is not a testimony of the goodness of God. Lastly, a worker 
Mudiri. One who is committed to labor in the Lord's field in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. In fulfillment of his or her own calling. Employing all resources and gifts entrusted to him by God. Which means we are trusting that wherever God puts you. By the spirit and the gifting of God, you are going to be influential from now on. It has been encouraging for me to hear people recently saying, Hey, you know, you know when we started this series on Revelation, I have such boldness to talk to people about Jesus. For me, I'm happy because that's what we want to produce. So, currently, these are the ministry teams in the life of the church. This is what we are doing. So, which means going forward, some will remain, some will change. And based on the four areas of ministry, We've made others key and others support ministries. Let me read key ministries to you. Worship and music team. Evangelism and outreach. Fellowship groups. Youth and young adults. Couples, men and women. Kids for Christ. School of Theology, Counseling, Counseling, and these are support ministries, administration, finance, media, and so on and so forth. Can I ask the elders and their wives to stand up? Agree, we have two services. But we are still one church, you know that. But you know each service seems to have its own members. There are people here who are members of the second service. It's good. You are helping us deal with the issue of space. So these ladies and gentlemen that you see are the leaders of this church. Amen. Amen. For those who did not know them, if you want to know who are the pastors in this church, these are the pastors. In this Is that okay? You need to pray for them. You know why? Because they lead you. And you are very hard to lead sometimes. Sometimes you are good. But you know how many times do we resign from this job? And we can't just apply for another, some of us. Pray harder for them. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Where are our deacons? Dickens, are you here? Can you stand up, please? These are the people you must pray hard for. Um, in the morning, I said, 
giving the next phase of where we going where we've been it was easier for them in the next phase is going to be tougher because there will be no free hands anymore. Maybe others will feel it's too much. Pray for them that their faith may not fail. And support them. Amen. Amen.